thought about the Antichrist, and he's here somewhere setting up his kingdom. He's getting ready to move right in and take your head off, stamp you between the eyes with his number, and I'll tell you, groceries are going up, and that scares us. Gasoline prices and jobs are being lost everywhere. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, when I get to looking around see all of these terrible things are happening, I feel like the old preacher, I just feel plumb geekly on the inside. Hallelujah. I know a bunch of people that go to the grocery store and they get the silly giggles and they begin to laugh and they begin to uh, shout and praise God in the middle. Hey, let me tell you something, folks. I'm not discouraged tonight. Amen. I'm happy, praise God, because I'm serving a God. I like that song they sang a while ago. Amen. About uh, he done it before and he going to do it again. He done it for you. He going to do it for me. Hallelujah. Praise God. I preached last night in our church. Amen. About Asa when he took over the kingship of Judah. Amen. Uh, God gave him about 10 years to rest up and and while he was resting, he began to build cities and he fenced those cities. Amen. And the uh, Ethiopians was gathering against him in the valley. Amen. I don't know how many folks they had, but they were mighty and a whole lot of them. The Bible said, amen, in the 14th chapter of 2 Chronicles, that those Ethiopians had about 1,000, 1,000 men. Now, I'm from Louisiana, and I don't know how to figure out how many that was. All I know, it was a bunch. Amen. And I'll tell you, uh, Asa began to tear down the altars, amen, of the false gods and of the idol gods, and amen, he commanded that the people begin to seek God. Friend, I want to tell you something. The success, amen, and the key to success is seeking God, and we need more seekers in this hour. Amen. Oh, it looked bad. Those uh, Ethiopians had gathered out there in the valley, and I'm telling you, when the time come, Asa run out there and he stuck his chest out. Amen. Said, come on, we fixed to have battle. The Bible told me, amen, that while they was uh, out there, that God began to smite those Philistines. Amen. And they began to run. And all Asa had to do was pursue after him. And they got their cattle, they got their camels in abundance and all of their chickens and brought it home. I'll tell you, when they was building fenced cities, it was not to keep the enemy out because he knew God would do it. Amen. But he was fencing in his blessings. Hallelujah. In the time of destruction, praise God, God's got a people that's got a smile on their face somewhere. Oh, yeah, Brother Toops, we need to smile a while, praise God, because we're headed up. I'm excited tonight, folks. I said I'm excited tonight, and I feel something good about to happen in this place. May the Lord bless you. Go! Y'all about going to sleep on everybody that's been up here. Please, I'm going to scare you. Hallelujah. Good to be in church. Did y'all know this is an apostolic church? Hallelujah. That's action. you hear me? Praise God. Somebody ought to be loving God in this service. I'm sure he done something for you today.
Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. David said, I was glad when they said unto me. These men have so ably portrayed already how the world suppresses and gets people discouraged and down. But I'm going to tell you what, there's a difference when we go to church. We go to the house of God. I believe it was Queen of Sheba when she went up and seen how they worshiped the Lord at Solomon's place. She come back and said, the half has never been told. The thing that impressed me when I went to a oneness church was really not the message. One of the greatest preachers, I guess, ever preached in our day, Brother Verbal Bean was an evangelist, and he was preaching, but I don't remember what he said. But I remember two distinct actions in that church that night. One of them was an old man that sat on the aisle to my right. I was in the back trying to, you know, I just went out of uh, courtesy. Somebody invited me, and I was trying to be polite because my mother had taught me to respect church-going folk. And I went there that night because somebody asked me to go. And that old brother, I'm telling you, the Lord got a hold of him, and he started jerking and shouting and twitching and hollering. You know Pentecost is about lost that? They're just about lost people. Oh, you can get every now and then. Say, come on, folks, stand up. They'll stand up. Come on, clap your hands out. But I'm going to tell you, for that feeling down inside of you, what the Lord's done for you today. Hallelujah. This is the day the Lord hath made. Rejoice and be ye glad in it. Not down and out, not in the molly crowd, but be glad. I'm in the house of God. I'm in church. The child behind me, all my troubles. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need an experience with the Lord that will change us. We worry so much about tomorrow. Coming this way. 
If you let it back up, the flap doesn't fail on the bottom. You're going to lose all the water. Or you can let it come on down and drink while it lasts. And I'm going to tell you, it comes down, it hits you in the nose, runs around your ears, all down you. But if you've been working hard all day, you don't care if you get a little of that water on you. Some of you got your hair fixed so tight, it'd take a hurricane to blow it down. You got so dressed up so pretty, you afraid you're going to miss out and not get what you... But I'm going to tell you what you need is a good drink of that well of living water that'll make you leave your shelter and a run it and say it, I was glad when we went to the house of God.
Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord, everyone. It's good to be here in Vider, Texas. It's been a long time. A number of years, I guess, since we've been here. We've always appreciated the reports that we've heard about what's happening in Vida. And uh, there was a time or two when some of the students from the school, along with Brother Bullock, would stop by our way when we were in Kingsport, Tennessee. It was always a joy to have them come in. And uh, we were a small group, but we believe in having church. Praise the Lord. We've got a large group here, and we ought to really have church. Praise the Lord. God is able to do anything we're big enough to believe him for. No matter what it is, what can come to your mind, the Bible clearly tells us that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we are able to think or ask, amen, according to the power that worketh in us. Now it's up to us if we're going to have church today. I said it's up to us. God's going to stay where he's entertained. God's going to move where he's wanted and accepted. And the only way we can show that is through our praise, our adoration. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. We can worship him. We can worship him in our bodies and in our spirit. Praise the Lord. We can worship him in our tithes and our offerings. Praise the Lord. We can worship him in the beauty of holiness. Praise the Lord. Well, there's many amens about that. In case you don't know it, it's going to take holiness to get us out of here. Praise the Lord. I was preaching that last night. And in the book of Genesis, talking about the creation. And if you begin to read, you'll find out that everything that God created except one thing was created instantly, perfectly, the way God wanted by the spoken word. He said, let it be, and it was. From the, from the stars in the sky to the seas to the creatures that were in them to the birds to the land animals and everything else, the Bible says, God said, and let there be, or let the sea bring forth, or let the earth bring forth. But there was only one creature God ever created that instantly was not perfected by his word. And that's you and I. Because he took the dust of the earth and formed us. But from that time forward, God is perfecting this yet by his word. And when we get out of here, it's only going to be by his word. And not just the parts we like, but every bit of it, from Genesis to Revelations. Praise the Lord. We like to jump and shout. I do too. But it's going to take the preaching of holiness. It's going to take the preaching of separation. It's going to take the preaching of dedication. Praise the Lord. I looked a word up in the dictionary the other day. I want to make sure I understood what it meant. I saw this word, and I've seen it starting to kind of creep in. I begin to wonder, well, maybe I just don't understand what it means. So I looked up the word split. I looked up the word split. And it means slit, rip, rend, or tear. And 
word fleet. It means a fleet. And give different definitions of accordion and whatever and all different. You, you ladies and so know the different. But every one of them's got material in them. Well, I knew I was going to ruin everything, brother. Yeah, I just knew I was. Hallelujah. But you know what? It doesn't say anywhere in that dictionary where a split is a pleat. But it is a slip, rip, rend, or tear. Praise the Lord. It means something torn out of place that needs to be sewed up. We don't want worldliness in our churches. We don't want the spirit of the world coming against what we've got. But let's keep it clean. Let's keep it holy. Let's keep it sanctified. Well, I've waited into it. I might as well go all the way. It says it's going to take all the word. Lord, thy word is forever established in the heavens. But it seems like we forget that Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 3 and 9. Where it says, let it not be that outward adorning for the wearing of gold and pearls and costly array. We preached for years to get it off people's fingers. Now they've molded it down and made it into a cap and they're putting it in their hair. <laughs> you know, it's English. I mean, let it not be the wearing of gold or pearls or costly array. God had a significance in that and there's a reason why he wanted it. It's still in the book. I said it's still in the book. It's still in the book. It's still in there with Acts 2.38. Still in there with Hebrews, where it says, Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Taking too much time. I looked up the word lascivious. I may not know what the word lascivious means. But I kind of went back to all the originals and kind of looked things up. I said, Well, let's get all the definition that I can find of this. And a, and a synonym to that is licentiousness which of course means relating to sexual desires. But you know there's another meaning to that? It's in the American Heritage Dictionary in 1969-1970. Look it up. It says, unwilling to obey the set rules and standards. And when things begin to stray from those things that have been established from years gone by, these type of things begin to creep in and it's caught and we wonder why we have the fornication that we have and the problems with adultery. Praise the Lord. And divorce and remarriage. Praise the Lord. You hear what I'm telling you? It's because we allow these spirits to begin to creep in. Amen. You want to know what's in a person's heart? Preach what they're doing on the outside. God never called us to be heart examiners. He's the only one that tries the reins of the heart. But we can't preach on what we see. We can't preach on what we feel. And we've got book for it. And you'll find out what kind of spirit they got. Praise the Lord. I believe it's going to take it all. From Genesis to Revelations. We can't take our candy stick and lick on it all the time. But we've got to preach everything that's in there. Holiness, forgiveness, prayer, worship, fasting, praise, dead, it's all in there. Praise the Lord. 
Brother Daniels, it's good to be here. God bless you. We appreciate you. And with his permission, come see us in Edna. We're going to have a, may I announce our services in July? 27th, 28th, 29th of July. That's Wednesday night, Thursday afternoon, Thursday night, Friday afternoon, Friday night. Brother uh, Russell Fraser from California will be preaching the evening services. Brother Glenn McDonald from Burlington, North Carolina will be there in the afternoon. Meals were provided. God bless you. Come with your pastor and have a good time. Lord bless you. feel a little humble tonight. Thank God for the privilege to be here with two of the best friends that I have in the ministry today. And uh, that is, first of all, the pastor of this great church, Elder McDaniel. Thank God for his friendship and uh, what God has given me. And an elder like this, to watch his life, to have him in my life, and to be with my good friend, Elder Wheeler, here tonight. be from more heavily acquainted in this part of the country, but Elder Wheeler is a man that God sent to my life, sent to my church, hallelujah, and it's helped me. Good to see those, the Leverkin family that's been in my home, developed a good friendship with these young people. Thank God to be here tonight. I was driving home from Brother Coon's meeting in Seattle area weeks ago and felt like God spoke to my heart and I told my wife when she woke up from a nap I said when we get home I want you to make reservations for me I'm flying to Elder McDaniels as God's got something for me there and uh, I trust it's here in the next three services or so that God will do something but in my humble feelings I would like to ask my elders that I've mentioned I would like to ask their forgiveness because in the day that we live, hang on, now don't anybody leave me in the middle of this. The day that we live, it seems like there's something that's popular. And that's the statement that says people are taking a second look. And Elder McDaniel, I'd like to ask your forgiveness. Now just hang on, don't kick me out of here until you get done. But I took a second look. But you know what it said? Said the first time I looked at it, said the same thing the second time. When I looked at the, the essentials of the doctrine of the new birth, it meant the second time and the third time and the fourth time the same thing that it meant the first time that I read it. what's been spoken of here just a few moments ago about holiness when I started looking at holiness the second time the third time the fourth time it meant the same thing again you lay it down and cut it in several different directions and it's still all the same the thing that bothers me in 1994 in Pentecost and I thank God for meetings like this that you can come to and gain strength. But it bothers me in 1994 when things don't mean what they used to mean. Somebody says, you don't know how far it'll go. Let me give you just 
if I may take my time here, Elder McDaniel. I am the product of a family that's been in Pentecost for 60, 70 years. Preachers. But not because I'm anything the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, I am what I am by the grace of God. But I've watched my family go to nothing. Because things were not preached. Things were not upheld. People did not submit to a pastor. First generation, it didn't look all that bad. Second generation ended up in many of the divorce problem. The next generation seemed like it was going from bad to worse. But by the fourth generation, my family now has lesbians and homosexuals in it. I know what it's like, and for somebody here to maybe think that I believe it was Brother Clark that was just in this pulpit just a moment ago. Somebody may think, well, they're rather hard on this or rather hard on that. Some of my family walked out from underneath Holy Ghost, filled preaching, believing standards of holiness, and they begin to let their guard down. You don't know what will sneak in. When my father backslid from the ministry, went the way of the adulterous world, he did not have it in his mind that he was letting anything slip until his children ended up being dope addicts. And now his grandchildren and his one of his daughters are wound up in the gay community. Don't let it one time raise up in your heart rebellion against what's preached and what's taught. I know I may seem out of place standing behind this pulpit tonight, but there's somebody in this service that needs to hear this. This little fat boy rode all the way from Idaho today just to say something and gain something. Somebody needs to listen to this tonight. Elder Wheeler was preaching for me just less than two years ago. His message that night was on a burden for your family. And as he began to name off the things of the world, my mother, her husband, got up and walked out mad out of the service. My then 46-year-old sister, she was the oldest, I was the youngest of the first family. She sat there and I spoke to her in closing from the service. I said, sis, it's so good to have you here tonight. I would rather see you on your way to heaven than the evidence of where you're going on your way to hell. She almost broke. Tears came to her eyes. Our building is fan-shaped. She got up and headed out, and I ran off the platform and caught her at the door and held her in my arms and said, sis, I love you. That was the last time I saw her alive. Eight days later, she was making her bed and fell across her bed. She walked out 
on her last hope. You say, why have you taken all of this time? See, it would have been easy for me to come across something that made you shout. Had you off your feet right now. Amen. Jumping in the air. But I, I, I felt a burden of something in my heart tonight. I, I thank God for the privilege to come and attend this camp meeting tonight. But I want to develop a love for this truth like I've never had before. talking about a family that was raised in Pentecost. Children that cut their teeth on Pentecostal pews. If we don't hang on to it from now until Jesus comes, what will develop in our families as individuals? I'm glad to be here tonight. I'm here to get something and put more of a love for this thing in my heart. Before this week's over, I want a more of love. I, I ask, I ask you, brethren, brother Townley and brother Mefford, I ask you to help me put a deeper love in my heart for this thing than I've ever had before. I want to love truth when I leave this camp meeting more than I've ever loved it before. I've got to love it. Thank you, brother, Matt Daniel, and praise the Lord, everyone. Ah, there's a good spirit in this place. I thought tonight there is a force that will keep people living for God. church at Rome, in 8th chapter, verse 35, he said, who shall be able to separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulations or distress or persecution, famine or nakedness or peril? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter, nay, in all of this, we are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us, for I am persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, height, nor depth, nor any other creature, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. A lot of folks are giving up, throwing in the towel, and surrendering to pressure. And I thought as Brother Yarbrough preached tonight or testified, I'm convinced that if folks love this truth, I am I'm talking about a real devotion of love. It'll keep you when the world's on fire. You don't have problems pastoring people that love truth. I find my most problems are those that are neither in nor out. They're neither up nor down. They're hanging in the middle. Book of Revelation said I would that you was hot or cold. 
So then, because thou lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spew you out of my mouth. Because you say I'm rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest thou not that thou wretched, miserable, cold, blind, and naked, I counsel thee to buy me gold that's been tried in the fire. Amen. White raiment that thou mayest be clothed, that the shame of thy nakedness doth not appear. God had rather you to be out than halfway in. Lukewarm. Because they receive not a love for the truth. I'm not, take, I'm not going to take a lot of time, but I, I ask the question, what keeps the preacher with a good haircut? Who stands over the pastor, the evangelist, and tells them, you need a haircut? I'm convinced that when a person loves truth, the pastor never has to tell them to get a haircut. When a person loves truth, the preacher don't have to check and find out where they were at Wednesday night or Thursday evening. When they love truth, you don't have to worry about them being in prayer meetings. Come on, folks. When they love truth, you don't have to worry about them where they're at, amen, at church time because they'll be at the house of God. I love this. 24 years ago, God filled me with the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. And when he filled me with the Holy Ghost, I developed in me a love for this, amen, that I don't want to see the things that God has given to me, amen, diminish. I don't want to see holiness go down. I want to see holiness like it was and like, it, like God intended for it to be. Hallelujah. I believe it's still holiness of hell. I still love, amen, the old-fashioned apostolic doctrine of holiness. Hallelujah. Because they received not a love for the truth. I'm telling you, love this or you'll leave it. Well, it's good to be invited with our good friend, Brother Mike Daniel. I feel a Holy Ghost spirit in this place. If you don't like to love this, you'll be out. Something will get you out. Mark it down. But if you love it, you'll be ready when Jesus. Great camp meeting, and we'll let, if he wants you to come, we'll let him give you that invitation.
And it's something about coming from out there to in here. You can get something in here you never find out there anywhere on the face of God's earth. Hallelujah. Amen. That we have already felt in this service tonight. I thought a little bit ago as the, the Holy Ghost was moving and, and, and working, I, I thought of a, a postcard that I had uh, seen some few years ago. And it was a, a man who was a no-hobo. He was very unkempt, worn, tired, and rugged-looking. And his clothes were wrinkled and baggy. And, uh, he, he had patches on them. The knees were out. All the frayed threads and the cuffs were all rolled up. And the shoes, the toes were out and the soles were flopping. And, uh, of course, it caught my attention and I stopped to look at it. And I began to read. And uh, what it said on there struck me and I never forgot it. Here's a man who was having it hard and was really down on his luck, if you could put it like that, and uh, in a hopeless situation, seemingly, uh, you know, just felt sorry for anybody that was in this situation. But the little caption read like this. It said, you know, I never expected much out of life, and so far, I haven't been disappointed. Hallelujah. situation and seemed like all life has turned on you and amen left you amen a total wreck amen but if you just come in this place tonight amen if you walked in and you don't expect to get anything and things to change you won't be disappointed but I'm glad I can tell you tonight that if you walked in here regardless of what your situation is and you begin to expect to receive something, and you expect to get a little help, and you expect to get some direction, you don't have to leave here disappointed tonight, because there is a God in this place that can turn your life around and change your situation. Let's love it tonight. Oh, like a runner standing on the blocks, listening for
Texas that you can get away from Mississippi with the uh, How was that? That's doing good. <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone. Praise the Lord. It's good to be here tonight and to feel the presence of the Lord and have good fellowship. And really, there's nothing anything wrong with having good fellowship and laugh every now and then. Enjoy the blessings of the Lord. That's what this is all about. And it's good to be in camp meeting here and uh, just to know that we are serving a God that loves us tonight and we love Him. Praise the Lord. As I walked in this afternoon, I was a little late. I should really have got here sooner. And I had all kind of excuses made up real good. But the mailman met me at the door. He said, well, it's about time you got here. <coughs> and uh, he said, I don't want to hear none of your excuses. And I said, well, Brother Melvin, they're good ones. Uh, I mean, I mean, I worked on them. They're good ones. And he said, I don't want to hear them. There's no good excuses. And I thought about that tonight as we were uh, enjoying the blessings of the Lord. Anybody here in this building tonight will not have an excuse when it comes to the time of crossing Jordan River. Praise God. We have been fed the best. God has blessed us today. There are those that would uh, wish that they could have lived in another era of time. Read history and all of the romance that there is in history. You might wonder, would like to have been uh, living in the covered wagon days and all of those things, but not me. I'm thankful that God saw fit to let me come here in this age where I can enjoy the blessings of God and have the greatest preaching that has ever been given to mankind. Thank God for good, solid, apostolic preachers. Praise God. Thank God for the good pastor of this assembly that has labored here faithfully through the years and brought you to where you are today. And I pray that somehow that in the, in the last few years, days, months, or weeks, whatever the Lord has uh, allowed for us to have, that I can labor and do my best to hear him say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. May the Lord bless you tonight. We hadn't been able to be to all of the services, which I wasn't able to. Uh, the next best thing is stop by the tape room back here and purchase a set of tapes. The entire set of tapes in a binder. Uh, $25 is what they charge me, and if they charge you any more, I'm sorry. I don't think they will. <laughs> so, uh, I've already paid for mine. I didn't know if I was going to get to be able to be back or not, but uh, there's always good quality tapes, and this has been some marvelous preaching and teaching. Amen. It's not exactly like being here, but it's the closest thing you can get to it. Praise the Lord. Sister Coon, if you'd get ready to sing in just a little bit, please, while she's getting ready. So happy to have Brother Charles Phillips here in Lafayette, Louisiana. Come up here and tell us something good about the Lord.
can't be changed by a changing world. Uh, hallelujah. They can't be diminished. Uh, if everybody walks away from the truth, uh, there was something put inside of me a long time ago. Uh, they cannot be changed. Hallelujah. You can capitalize uh, on the outward man and lose the inward man. Hallelujah. Like you Jesus say, oh man, he don't believe in holiness. Just come see me and see. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. But there's got to be something down inside of you. Hallelujah. I said it's got to be down in there. Uh, when you hit the high mountains, uh, there's got to be something that will make you take another step. Uh, hallelujah. When you hit the low valleys, uh, there's got to be something that will get you up uh, off of your knees uh, and keep you walking on for the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Good to be here tonight. Expecting to hear the word of the law. associated with men that love the truth like it is. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach except they be sent? Praise the Lord. And I, uh, I believe that's Bible. Well, it came out of the Bible. It's in the Bible. It must be true. But I'm glad that there has, there's got to be a, a message for everybody. One message for everybody. Amen. The Apostle Peter preached a message on the day of Pentecost for everybody, for every generation. And I'm glad that uh, in this hour, this is a late hour, but the same message with the same strength, the same necessity that has got to be preached in this hour, cannot be compromised, cannot be changed to fit a situation. Praise God. Everything has to fit the book. And when you have trouble fitting with the book, you got troubles. Amen. I'm glad that uh, uh, I had a preacher preach to me for about 18 years, and uh, and he was unique. He wasn't like just he wasn't a. I tell you what, he wasn't. He wasn't a, a Bible college preacher. He went to college, but wasn't the kind you got walls, tuitions. But he, he had a message that God gave him, and he was able to give it to me and many others. And uh, you're not going to be saved without a preacher in your life. You'll not amount to nothing. So don't ever try. Talent won't uh, cause you to be one of his. God can do without talent, but you can't do without the Word of God. Praise the Lord. 
glad that God's still saving people with the same old message. Amen. If the world don't like it, uh, it was here before a lot of people got here. It'll stay around when a lot of people are gone. But I'm glad that uh, God is, somebody had already mentioned, he's unchangeable. I'm glad he's a God that puts things uh, in the heart of men. And uh, I'll tell you what you do. You will come up against opposition if you preach the absolute truths of God's word. And if you don't come up against opposition, you better check your message out. Praise God. Because you'll get it from every angle if you stand for the truth. Praise God. The world needs this truth. Your neighbor needs it. The clerk at the grocery store needs it. People at the filling station needs it. Everybody needs the apostolic message. Amen. The whole thing, not part of it. Can't leave part of it out. You got to give it all. I'm glad that I got it all. Praise the Lord. Glad that God can put something in your heart that will last beyond just the moment. A lot of people get, they get all, uh, well, excited and everything, and then when the excitement dies down, they don't know what they have. But when God puts something in your heart, when you wake up in the morning, you still got it. And when God puts a love in your heart for his truth, the next day, you still got it. Praise the Lord. I'm glad for a solid truth that will make solid saints ready to meet God. Hey, he's about to come. I don't think he's too many, too many moments away. I'll tell you when he come, he's he going to come when he gets good and ready. But the thing about it, we better be ready. Praise the Lord. I'd hate to run, you know, in baseball they call it running on a foul ball. You can hit all the bases. You can come all four bases. Come in and think you made a home run. But if it's a foul ball, it don't count. You better know you, you better know beyond a shadow of a doubt that what you are doing and what you're preaching is what thus saith the word of the Lord. Can't be almost right. You gotta be right on. Praise God. Glad God can carry you through every storm you go through. Every test, every trial. And I was reading uh, Ezra and part of Nehemiah, and when that, those men wanted to build the wall, they had a burden to build it, but they also uh, encountered strong opposition. Praise God. Well, if the devil is against you, that means God's for you. Praise God. I'm glad I'm on the Lord's side. When it's time. Glad this church is going up. Hey, God still has an apostolic church. 1994. Living on the top side of God's earth. Hallelujah. Believe the truth. The old time. Old time way. Praise God. When I look out here, I see some apostolic sisters. Apostolic hairdos. I saw you on the street. I know what you were. We're identified. Glad to be identified with God's good people, great people. How long our bodies will hold? 
got larger each time. Daytime crowds get larger. Yesterday, the crowd was the largest we've had it since we moved from the Tabernacle at Rose City. Yes, the choir. Comes. 